This past week, uh, we were blessed to have time away and a lot of rest. And Sunday and Monday was pretty cold to be at the beach. I think 49 is cold when you're at the beach. Uh, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, it really warmed up and it was nice and so enjoyable. Friday morning, I got up early uh, and sought the Lord for what He would have me share with you today. And uh, I looked out at the ocean, and for the first day that we had saw last week, um, the waves were really choppy, the flags were red, the winds were up, and um, as I began to seek the Lord, uh, the Lord just reminded me of such a very familiar passage of Scripture. Some of y'all probably already know where I'm going, but if you'll stand with me all over the room today in the book of Mark, chapter 4, I'm going to be reading verses 35 through 41 from the New King James Version. The word said, On the same day when evening had come, he, being Jesus, said to them, Let us, say us, cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. If I could insert anything there, it would be this. Out of nowhere, a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to preach to you this morning a message I've simply titled from a new cliche you see used on social media all the time. Marked safe from the storm. Is anybody glad you're safe this morning? One more time, ask the Lord to help me today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your precious people. Thank you for the comfort of knowing that we can be safe from the storm. God, I pray for the next few moments you'd remove every hindrance that would prohibit us from hearing and receiving what it is you want to speak to us today. I pray, Lord, that we'd be reminded not only do you move in great power like we have seen you do in previous weeks, but God, there's also times that people among us are going through storms that we can't fathom. But Lord, let us be reminded today that they can be encouraged and they can be strengthened and you can we can be marked safe from the storm because we have you in our boat. So I pray, God, you'd anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and anoint my lips that I don't speak my words. God, don't let me say anything that you don't want said today, but let every word that leaves my mouth, Lord, encourage and strengthen and build up the people of God. And Lord, let it be anointed of the Holy Ghost and let it come forth in the power and demonstration of your spirit. And we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. 
I've been to the ocean several times, but I've never been privileged yet to be on the Sea of Galilee. But much of the ministry of Jesus, if you read much about it, is centered around the Sea of Galilee. Now, I do know folks that have been there, and those that have been there tell me that most of the time the waters are really calm and it's very peaceful. But the Sea of Galilee, if you read about it, you'll discover that it's about 682 feet below sea level. And it's because of that it's subject to just sporadic, violent storms out of nowhere. Because though it's a small body of water, it's only about 6 miles wide. At its widest point and approximately 12 miles long, the cool winds... Uh, scientists say as they rush down through those mountain gorges and they meet the warm air off the Sea of Galilee, they just all of a sudden collide and they cause sudden and severe storms. And that's what happened to Jesus and his disciples when they were crossing to the other side of the sea. Christ had ordered his disciples to enter into the ship and to cross over to the other side. Now, can I tell you, first of all, this morning, that if Jesus says he's taking you to the other side, you can be assured he's going to take you to the other side. And it's good to note here that, first of all, the Lord never will command you to go anywhere that he will not go with you. He'll never ask you to go anywhere that he does not go with us. And the scripture states that they took him in the boat with them. And it was his idea for them to go together. And one of the many things that I've learned about the Lord is this. Those who obey God's direction can be assured of his continual presence. Did you hear me? Those who obey God's direction can be assured of his continual presence. His presence is predicated upon obedience to his command. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm not going to dwell a long time on this, but I shared it in my class this morning and I'll share it now. Uh, The tragedy that struck our community this week while we were gone just really rocked my heart to the core. See, Adam Hill has been a friend of mine for many, many years, a personal friend, a business acquaintance, many different things. But when I heard, and I text back and forth with him multiple times This week, and when I heard the tragic accident that happened with his son Levi, uh, Eli, I'm sorry, I got to tell you, I sat back and I have been in amazement of the strength and the faith that him and Ashley have demonstrated through this. And I've texted back and forth with him multiple times, and last night I was sitting on the couch and, and I read his post about today. And he started his post saying, take your kids to church. Go to church. Now, little Eli had a relationship with the Lord. As a matter of fact, he carried his little New Testament to school quite often. But he said, take your kids to church. Go to church. And he talked about the importance of that. And then he went on to say, now think about it. Those of us that have children that laid his eight-year-old son to rest on Friday, he said, we will be at church tomorrow. And he told people it didn't matter where you attend church or what building you go in. Salvation uh, is the same for all of us. But if you didn't have a place that you went, you'd be more than welcome to attend with them. And they go to Shiner Church of Christ. And, And I read that post and I thought, my goodness. Can I tell you what I just said again? Those who obey God's direction can be assured of a continual presence of the Lord. 
We have a family sitting here this morning that can testify to you if it was not for the presence of the Lord where they would be today. Listen, I can't imagine and don't ever want to have to imagine that kind of heartache. But what I do sit back and admire and thank the Lord for is that when I can visibly see when your faith is that strong and the presence of God is that strong, you can be assured you're not in the boat by yourself. And as long as Jesus is in the boat, we're going to make it to the other side. And it was God's idea for them to go together. He'll never ask you to go anywhere that he won't go with you. His presence is predicated upon obedience to his command. And he commanded the disciples to go and to teach all nations and to observe all that he had commanded. And then he said to them, Lo, I am with you always. I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And he's only promised, listen to me, he's only promised to be with those who are obedient to his command. Did you catch that? The scripture says in Hebrews 13 and 5, and I didn't give you that one, Jordan, but it says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content for what, with what you have. Boy, I could preach a message right there. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We can venture anywhere. We can go through Anything that we have to go through, we can face anything that we have to face on this earth as long as Jesus is in the boat with us. No storm of life is so severe. And even as I say that, is anybody else with me? You just can't, I can't imagine the storm I just spoke of this morning. But I also realize and recognize there's many of you seated here today that are going through storms. You woke up and all of a sudden out of the blue the water was choppy and the boat was rocking. But no storm of life is so severe that the Lord cannot take us through. And there might even be somebody here this morning that you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. Whatever this is for you, let me remind you what God has promised in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. I'm reminded this morning about the three Hebrew children that were thrown into the fiery furnace. And the king looked in and he said, did I not send three men in? But I see four men loose and walking around. And one of them is likened to the Son of God. There was three that went in. And there was three that came out. Why? I came to tell you this morning before your fire ever came about, before your storm ever started, Jesus himself was already on the inside waiting to protect you from what the enemy might have planned against your life. When Jesus is in the boat, we can be assured that his timeless presence will go with us through every single raging storm of life. The word tells us the sea is his, and he made it. So when you go out to sea with Christ, you got to place your implicit trust in Him. Notice I said in Him. Don't place it in me. I might let you down. 
get in my way when I'm running late on the road. You might see it on my face. I might let you down. Other people might and more than likely will let you down. Don't put your eyes on people in the church. The church will always be imperfect. Hear me, folks that took membership today. The church will always be imperfect as long as there's people in it. But thank God for the church. So when you go out to sea with the Lord, you got to trust Him. But you also got to be ready for the storm. All of life is filled with storms, but it's also filled with calms. And sometimes that's a lesson that's difficult for young Christians to learn, but it's also a lesson that's sometimes difficult for mature Christians to remember. The Lord did not promise us that cares would not present themselves. He never promised us that storms would not arise, sometimes out of nowhere. But the Bible assures us that He cares for us. If it concerns you, it concerns God. After Pastor Ronnie Smith's house burnt down, somebody said to me, are you really praying for his dogs? First of all, you better believe I am. I mean, I'm a dog lover. If you're not, I don't know what to tell you. You don't have to be, but I am. But here's what I said. If it concerns him, it concerns God. God is concerned, folks, with every aspect of your life. If you're a believer in Him and it concerns you, God cares about it. See, everybody don't like dogs, so that might mean that everybody else don't care about it. But it doesn't matter what everybody else cares about as long as you know God cares about it. The Bible tells us to cast all of our cares upon Him because He cares for us. The Lord didn't say that burdens wouldn't come, but He did say, My yoke is easy to bear, my burden is light. He didn't say that afflictions would not present themselves, but His Word did say, For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. Sometimes we fail to recognize what we're going through here is just a light moment. Of affliction. When we understand our purpose in life, we talked about that in my class this morning. When we understand our purpose and our relationship with Jesus, and we understand where we are, but more importantly, where we're going, things look totally different. I talked to a lady this week by Messenger, Facebook Messenger, that out of nowhere, had a test ran. They said she had the C word in her colon and they took out about a foot of it and now they're going to do chemo. But you know what she said? Just pray for me. She, she reached out to me. She said, but you know what? I'm a winner either way. When we understand that this is a, folks, this life here, what does the word teach us? It is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. What's important is not the things that we spend most of our life focusing on. What's important is your relationship with Jesus. The most important thing about your children 
And I know somebody might get offended this morning, and probably maybe those that aren't here, they're watching live stream or something. But it's not whether or not your child is a star athlete or whether or not he gets a full scholarship. You might get offended at that this morning, but talk to somebody who laid their eight-year-old child to rest this week that they know that they know had a personal relationship with Jesus. Ask them what's important. Thank God for the testimony that he left behind. But what if he'd never been raised in church? It's time if we are who we say we are. That's a problem with the church today. Because everybody likes to play the part. Put on the outfit. Put on the face. Go to church. Get their worship on. This ain't even part of my sermon. My wife tells me that's where I get in trouble. Get their praise on, and then go back out those doors and live like hell the rest of the week. It happens. I talked to somebody else this week. I didn't even go there. Do you ever sometimes just think I'm just not even going there? I talked to somebody else this week about a spiritual matter. Only to discover, while they're seeking for spiritual advice, they're living in a sinful relationship. Can I just say this so that it's plain enough for everybody to understand? Fornication is not okay with God. Hmm, I didn't get nearly as much support as I should have. Pastor Sean, this is 2023. We're living in the whatever century we're in. We might be. But hell's just as hot today as it was 2,100 years ago. Adultery is not okay. Living together out of wedlock is not okay with God. Let me say it that way. Instead of just saying it's not okay, it's not okay with God. Just because you might be doing it and you're out here looking for some place where somebody will preach something to you to make you feel good and have a good week next week, you better be thankful for somebody that will preach you the Word of God that tells you it's not okay with God. Don't be... Asking for spiritual advice on deep questions when you're doing what my mama would have called shacking up. Now that might offend some people, but it is what it is. Sometimes the storms of our life we bring upon ourselves. We have the word, read the word. Substance abuse is not okay with God. I don't even know where I'm going right now because I did not plan this. But I do feel prompted to say it. There are some things that I may not be able to find a scripture to tell you, yes, if you do that, you're going to go to hell. But the question you ought to be asking yourself is, is it pleasing to God? And if it's not pleasing to God then it's doing nothing but causing a hindrance to the kingdom of God and the work of God in the church of God. 
and now I'll move on. A storm in our Christian experience is no indication that Jesus has left us. Did you hear me? So many times people go through a storm and they're, they want to say, why has God forsaken me? Why has this happened? Why? But listen, folks, a Christian's life, the Bible tells us a Christian's life will be full of persecutions, afflictions, sacrifices, burdens, and difficulties. we got to, always got to remember that the devil is the God of this world. The Bible says he's the prince and the power of the air. That's what it says. And many times it's him who causes many of the storms of life that come upon us. In verse 37 of our text, the word said, watch this, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But the Bible says, he went on to say that Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat in the storm. See, as long as Jesus was in that boat... There was no danger of that boat sinking as long as Jesus was in it. It's a simple lesson that we must all learn, but we cannot utterly fail and fall as long as Christ is the captain of our ship. We cannot go down as long as Jesus is on board. And even if you don't think that much about yourself, guess what? God the Father thinks that much about Jesus. It's not going down as long as he's on board. And listen, it shouldn't matter as much about what's going on around us. It's more about what's going on inside of us. And if we put our trust in him, this is why the word said, I want to read out of the amplified version if he has that of Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Here's what Paul said to the church at Philippi. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Boy, that's a bunch of y'all went right there and went like, well, I just, it just ended it for me right there. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in, say it, every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition. You know what petition is? Definite request. Defined request. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And verse 7 said, In God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of, listen to this. That's why I put this one up here. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Jesus Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. That peace. Anybody besides you, pastor, this morning, I'm going to say I ain't there yet. Anybody like to have that peace? That peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison or guard and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's an old familiar song that we used to sing in church. Most of you know it that just simply said, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a, what? Privilege. It's a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. You know what else it went on to say? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. When you go running around trying to find somebody else to help you, Without going to the throne room first, you're missing your best opportunity to find the help that you need. 
Because I can promise you there are things in your life that I can't help you with. But I know a man who can. There's things in your life that mama and daddy can't help you with. But if you'll develop a relationship with him, I can take you to a man who can. So I'm going to wrap this up today. The disciples began to panic because they'd forgotten the simplicity of faith and confidence and trust. And we often panic because we fail to remember the promises and put our faith in God's word. His disciples failed to realize that the Bible says that it is God that lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. And he makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12, the word said, Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 15, No, for all the nations of the world, all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than the dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22, God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. Then Isaiah calls upon us to lift up our eyes with these words in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26. Look up into the heavens who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling every single one of them by name. Because of his great power and his incomparable strength, not a single one of the stars is missing. Listen, I want to tell you this morning. If he knows where every single star is at this very moment, if he can account for every single one of them and calls every one of them by name, listen, I can't even remember all y'all's names sometimes, but if he uh, knows every single one of them by name and he knows where every single one of them, whether somebody is missing or not, I told my class this morning that's another reason membership's important. Put your name on a roster. If your name's not on it, listen, if you're not a member and you miss for four weeks and you don't get a call from somebody, don't blame anybody but you. Because when I look over that list on Monday morning to see what faces I did not see, your name's not on the list. And I might, may or may not remember that you wasn't here. What are you saying, Pastor? That's me, I'm human. God's not like that. God knows where every single star is at this very moment. It's not even night. The sun is shining so bright we can't see the stars. But God knows where every single one of them is at this very moment. God calls every single one of them by name. And if God will do that, don't you think for one second that God will leave you on a boat out in the middle of a storm in the middle of nowhere. God is on the boat with you. Don't think for one second that God doesn't see you and he doesn't care about the storm that's raging around you. I came to tell somebody this morning, not only does he see, not only does he know, and not only does he care, but Jesus is in that boat with you. If you've accepted him, if you've believed upon him, you might wonder where he is at times. I've been there and done that myself. But don't you worry. He might just be resting right now. Because see, the storms that tear us up, God can sleep right through them. They don't mean anything to him. 
because he's got it all under control. So you just need to get a tight grip and hold on, kind of like you do when you ride with Angie. Because even though, actually more so Abby, that's the truth. Yeah. Even though it might even seem like all hell might be breaking loose in your life. Jesus is in your boat. I said Jesus is in your boat. He might be resting. He might not be obvious to you right now at the moment. But he is in your boat. He's got it all under control. And when he gets up, all he has to do is get up and speak peace. And all of a sudden, everything's calm again. When he speaks peace, the rain cease and the winds stop blowing. And you might be in the storm of your life. But you've marked yourself safe. Because Jesus is in the boat. Kind of like they do on social media. Mark themselves safe in a storm or a catastrophic event. Did anybody else see what happened in Mississippi? The number of people that were killed by those tornadoes. There's some people, they can go ahead and come to the music this morning. Under the sound of my voice today, the devil has tried his best to destroy you. He has tormented you. For example, fear, anxiety, depression, it's a real thing, folks. And just because you might be suffering depression doesn't mean you're not a child of God. I believe in divine healing, but I also believe in divinely directed doctors and medication. Hello, somebody. That doesn't mean you're not a child of God because you might be battling depression, sickness, divorce, heartache. You just need to put the enemy on notice this morning. Hey, Jesus is in my boat. And because Jesus is in my boat, let the rains blow. Let the storm whirl around me. I'm going to be safe. Because he would have never invited me on and said we was going to the other side if he wasn't going to see to it that I got there. See, the disciples looked at the storm. They didn't look at Jesus. We're so guilty of that sometimes. Because they were ordinary men, ordinary people. They looked at the storm. Jordan, I'm not going to finish all my scriptures. I feel the Lord directed me to open this altar today. But I do want to revisit Verse 39, the scripture said, And there was a great calm. Does anybody know what that really feels like? Have you ever been through something to where there was finally that climactic moment that you just really didn't even know if you was going to break before it ended? All of a sudden, God intervened. And there was a great calm. 
It's the most peaceful thing you could ever experience in your life. You know why? Because there's always a calm when Jesus speaks. I said there's always a calm when Jesus speaks. You know why? I'm going to use one of these. Well, it's probably all, by the time I learn these kids' modern terms, they're already out of style. Anybody else like that? You know why, though? Because Jesus is a storm slayer. What's that mean? He knows how to slay the storm. Is that still a term, girls? Or are y'all making fun of me because it's already out of date? No, it is still a term. Oh, good. I got thumbs up, people. That's still a term. He's a storm slayer. Listen, it's the business of the Lord to slay your storm and bring peace into your life. Now, I don't know who may be here this morning that needs to experience that. This is my last scripture I'm going to share today. Psalm 107, verses 29 and 30. He calmed the storm to a whisper and he stilled the waves what a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor there was a lot that went on this past week also had another friend a lot many of you know her Angie Aldridge, Angie Hoskins Aldridge from the Hoskins family have been to our church and ministered several times her husband at the age of 52 I believe, maybe 4 just all of a sudden went home to be with Jesus the Hoskins family recorded a song I immediately thought of many years ago that went to number 1 you know what that song said? Safe thus far. He brought me safe thus far. Now you'd have to know Southern Gospel to know this one, but it says, I'm in the ship with the one who made the moon and the stars. He's calmed many rotters, rough and deep, but each one he sailed with me. This is my story. I'll give him the glory. I'm safe thus far. I begin to think about the lyrics to that song. I messaged her as well. We had some conversation. Psalms chapter 65 and verse 7. You quieted the raging oceans and their pounding waves and you silenced the shouting of the nations. Psalm 89 and 9. Rule the oceans. You subdue their storm tossed waves. If you'll stand with me all over the room this morning. Jordan, I want you to put verse 40 back on the screen for me, and I'm going to end with this. So I want to revisit this question this morning. Jesus is saying to somebody, and I don't know who you are or why I was burdened for this, because listen. I want to be honest, I love these services we've been having where the Spirit of the Lord takes over and there's all this power and glory and all those wonderful things. But Friday morning when I was sitting on the couch, 
looking out the windows before anybody else got up. It was like the Lord dropped in my spirit and said, yeah, but there's people going through some rough waters right now. After what I've just preached to you, I want to revisit the Lord's question to you this morning. Why are you so fearful? Why is it you don't have faith? That's not a condescending statement, and I'm not trying to use it in a condescending way, but what I am trying to do is tell you this morning, I don't know what your storm is. Everybody else in this room may not know what your storm is. You know what? Sometimes your storm is nobody else's business. Can I get a witness? People don't have to know your business. And you don't have, those of you that, yes, open confession is good for the soul, but you don't have to plaster it all over social media either. I don't know what your storm might be this morning. There's multiple people in this room that don't know what your storm might be this morning. But the Lord wants somebody to know He's in the boat with you. He's in the boat with you. The enemy might want to make you think that you're going to go down. But you just keep remembering when Jesus invited you into that boat, He said, let's go to the other side. And if He said, we're going to the other side, you're not going to go down somewhere midstream. The devil cannot take you down. Did you hear me? I said, the devil cannot take you down. Some of y'all like to say the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do it. But the devil also can't take you down. If Jesus is in the boat, you will make it to the other side. You might have to ride through the storm. But just hold on. There's a calm and a peace on the other side.